I tend to get heated as discussions go on, so. <laughs> Welcome to direct video. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to like get into it for realsies. All right, let's do this. VHS. VHS. <clears throat> VHS. Oh, still good. A podcast <laughs> where we pair movies like fine wine. And do you know one of my favorite things is Andy when there is a sequel. That totally encapsulates and also adds on to the original. Like the movie we watched today. Do you want to know what the tagline for this movie was? I need you to say it out loud, please. Get ready for a story unlike any other. Unlike any other! (laughs) I can think of... I can think of... I can think of one. (laughs) I think of one story that it's like, maybe... (laughs) Two. <laughs> Do you know my favorite realization? And I realized <laughs> it immediately, but it still was like, it like smacked me in the mouth. Mm-hmm. My favorite realization was realizing that Pat Carroll voiced uh, <laughs> Morgana. And she like had a line that's like, I'm not enough like Ursula. And it's like, Aren't you? Because I think you're just fucking Ursula again. I, I'm curious why they couldn't bring Ursula back. Like, I know she died so hard in the last movie. She died one of the hardest that a Disney villain has died. Right? But if you're going to spend so much of this movie complaining about how you're not Ursula, just bring Ursula back somehow. Ghost magic. Ghost, necromancy. Ursula seems like somebody who would have necromancy set up. Right? Get some horcruxes in there. There's gotta be a way. Also, I wanted to get this out of the way because I actually did not make a note for it, but I thought it was worth noting. The existence of Morgana flies in the face of the semi-canon Ursula is Triton's sister. I mean... That wouldn't be a big deal if any of this movie were done well. Well, the thing about this movie is is it's ultimately incredibly ignorable. It's just, like, boring? There are so many times in my notes where I just say, man, I wish I was just watching The Little Mermaid again. So we talked about this with, like, Tangled, where it's like, you should watch the Tangled sequel and TV show because you get to spend more time with the characters. You kind of don't get to spend more time with the characters. In this movie, except for Sebastian, and he sucks now. Only Sebastian gets to come back. All of the other characters have, like, moved on. Mm -hmm. And so we're stuck with this new character who we don't, low-key, don't really give a shit about because we haven't had a whole movie to like them. Her entire reason for existing is, like, built off of the dumbest logic to get there, and so it just made me mad. I want to give you my very first impression of the movie, which is, like, the worst first impression you can get. Which was, wow, this doesn't look good. It's unfortunate. It doesn't look bad. It, it I think doesn't it's not as... look bad, but I just watched Little Mermaid, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't look good. That's the thing, right? And I feel like we've said this with every single one of these direct-to-video sequels. They're missing that extra professional touch. Yes, and I think that's actually not true for all of them, but certainly the ones that sort of kicked off the... Um... This era, I should say, then. 
there's a, there, it's a level of cheap. I don't want to say the word cheapness. I'm sure a lot of work went into it, but it's. But also, probably there was less money in it, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. There had to be. There's no way they invested the same budget into this decade later sequel, right? Oh, I just read that the music was done by Daniel Trube, which is such a fake last name. I don't know this guy, but I hate his music because my second note is that the music is terrible. There are also only like three songs and one of them was the same song. Mm-hmm. And this is a sequel to the most musical. This uh, movie is it's so unmusical. Like, yeah. it flies in the face of all of the lessons learned in The Little Mermaid. Like, none of the songs matter. None mm-hmm. of them forward at progress the plot in any way, and they're all bad. <laughs> so what are we doing here? It's a shame though because Jody Benson is still a good singer. It's a real shame because she's singing some crap songs. She is, and it makes me feel really bad because this one just made me think of The Lion King. Yeah, and they didn't get the same people back for The Lion King. No, which in some ways made it a little bit better. Because I didn't have to hear the same people doing way worse. Well, the the other thing is that the big songs in The Lion King 2 are sung by two characters that are new. So the people that they did get back, like, they're not singing anything. Except for mm-hmm. Simba. I think he, he does some singing at some point. I don't think that's the same Simba, though. No, it is, isn't it? Isn't it Matthew Broderick? <sighs> Maybe. We talked about it a million years ago. That guy, that guy isn't doing anything, like, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, Broderick. There is, like, a decade, right, between 1990 and, like, 2001 where Matthew Broderick was in so many movies, and I do not know why. I like Matthew Broderick well enough, I think he's a funny dude, but, like, he was, he was like, a, in a ton of movies as the lead role. And it's okay in The Lion King where he's like an animated lion, but it's not okay in like Godzilla, right? I do not have an opinion on this. I just, I like Matthew Broderick. I think his career went in the wrong direction. So what's happening is Melody is born, which is Eric and Ariel's daughter. I mean, this baby must have been born like a year ago. Okay, so she's like a chubby little baby. I put her at like six months. This is probably when they're presenting her, right? Yeah, like, oh, this one survived. Woof. Well, that was that was a thing back then. No, I mean, yeah, it's a little too real. <laughs> but yeah, so they're getting on this boat. They're singing some dumbass song that I can't remember, even though I watched this movie like three hours ago. Yeah. And she's showing off the baby, and Triton shows up, and Triton is, like, ludicrously off-model. Uh, he, This man, like, increases and decreases in size all the time. Oh, it's, like, it's infuriating. <laughs> there, there are scenes where, like, his arms just look massive. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, he's just wearing, like, Hulkbuster gloves that go raw when he punches them together. It's so- real bad. And he gives Melody a magic seashell that, like, projects Atlantica. MHD. Which is the city where all the mermaids live. This is important because this is the first time that Atlantica is said in one of these movies, and it's not a great name. <laughs> I, I I do think it was said in the last movie once. Was it? I, I did not remember it. Also, it's a magic seashell, which I feel like was is, like, a fucking loaded gift. Like, how does anybody in this family give away a magic seashell? How does that not give everybody flashbacks? 
I I do th- <laughs> I do think what what it should have been is like it has melody on one side and then like maybe an engraving of Atlantic on the other. I don't like this hologram bullshit. It's a bit much. Also, th- now there are these soldier guys. Like oh, these guys fucking <laughs> suck. Who are these guys? I hate like these they guys. weren't in the last movie. Nope. They aren't in this movie. <laughs> they're just the fucking most generic ass soldier guys, and the only reason they're there is so Triton can yell at them to do something, and then they don't do it ever. They've never done anything, as far as I can tell. Yeah, Triton just has like a fucking like collection of himbos on hand to be useless, and they all are the same. Like they're they're there's no they're like, literally they've they've copy, copy and pasted. pasted them. Yeah. yeah. Then maybe the most infuriating thing happens. Because then a sea witch pops out of the water and this Sebastian is... screams <laughs> Ursula's crazy sister. And I was just like, fuck me running, and, man. And it's great because after he says that, it cuts to Triton and he just says, Morgana. And it's like, I, great. Come on. <laughs> this is, do you remember in Star Wars The Last Jedi when... A dude out of nowhere in the middle of the movie leans down, pinches some dirt in his fingers, licks it, and then says, "Salt." Salt. Yeah, it, that that is one of the most amazing things that I've seen in a movie in a long time because it's it's a it's a problem that you could tell the director had where he's like, "Okay, this isn't snow though; it's salt, and we need a way to let people know that it's salt." And this is the easiest way to do that without having to reshoot millions of dollars worth of of shots. So we're going to just do this easy way out. And yeah, it's bad writing, but God damn it, it's the only way. And these guys looked at that. Well, they couldn't look at that because this was like 12 years earlier. But they, they saw that <laughs> and they were like, what if we just did that as our first as our first plan? It is. It's it's egregious. It's I, I it, it makes me furious. For one thing, why do I need to know that Ursula's sister is, quote, crazy? Crazy. I know she's Ursula's sister. That's enough. Also, here's the thing. Introducing this character uh-huh. and having her also be half octopus means that there is, like, a whole other, like, type of mermaid. Yeah. When it was just, like, Ursula is this one, it's like, okay, well, she's got black magic or something. Or something. There's a reason why she's part octopus that's, like, weird. But now it's like, was there a race of these people that Triton killed? Genocide? Because now it kind of seems like it, because all she fucking does is talk about her problems with her mother. It's baffling to me that our first introduction to this character is Ursula's crazy sister, which implies to me that compared to Ursula, this 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 character is unhinged. We don't know what they're going to do. And then she's, by the way, she's not. <laughs> she's literally just Ursula again, but not as good. But that's the thing. Her entire character is defined by Ursula, but not as good. And yeah. Why am I going to be intimidated by this? How are the heroes possibly going to defeat a worse version of somebody they already defeated? Well, that's the thing. Why is everyone afraid of her? She does so she does a genuinely scary thing, which is kidnapping a baby. She kidnaps a baby. And then they fucking take care of it. By the way, Triton is acting all powerless. Like he, he is doesn't like he's such not a, a pushover. God. He took a fucking page out of Sebastian's notebook and he just folded like a deck of cards, man. It like was terrible. <laughs> you like I I expect the king of the ocean to be a little more lackadaisy when, you know, 
You could you could zap her. He, well, here's the thing. He's like, oh, do whatever you want, because she's like gonna feed uh, Melody to this shark, and then he just zaps the shark super small. So it like wasn't a deal. Like it didn't matter. If you had done that at the beginning, what's she gonna feed the baby to? Seriously. And then, like, okay, so she gets the crap beaten out of her by uh, Ariel and Eric because they're not dipshits. Yeah. Uh, not complete. They're kind. Hey, guess what, guys? They're gonna be dipshits for a bit here, and we're all gonna have to sit with it. Oh, uh, we did talk about the fact that Eric sings for a little bit at, during the singing part. It was not good. Uh, his voice actor's different. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, as soon as he started singing, I was like, no, this isn't the same guy. This guy has, like, a deeper voice. I was more focused on how weird he looked. I felt like Eric looked really fucking weird this movie. He, his eyes look like they're not ever quite looking at anything. <laughs> like, oh no, Eric got hit with, like, lazy eye while he was at sea. That's what happens when you get hypnotized for too long. Oh yeah, one of your eyes just goes off, man. I get it. That's why my left eye's like that. So, because they they have this very, very brief interaction with a not very intimidating crazy lady... Well, I... No, before we get to that, because she runs away, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Triton's all mad. He's all doing his mad Triton thing. He's like, find her! And then it smash cuts to him, like, talking to Ariel and Eric at the beach, and he's like, we can't find her. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Keep looking then. <laughs> oh, and so, so, but this is the problem, right? Morgana is powerless compared to Triton, but everyone is acting like she's fucking Maleficent. She's not fucking Maleficent. Now, if she had put a curse on this baby, that would be something, right? It would be if if it was like if this baby ever touches water, like I I, I will own her soul or something, right? Mm-hmm. It would make. But that's here's the thing. That's not how Ursula's power worked. So I assume it's not how Morgana's power worked. Although Morgana never makes a contract, so I don't know for sure. Also, because again, this is magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you could do whatever the fuck you want. That's true. The the rules were vague enough in the first movie that you could get away with curses in this one, I think. You know what? They're fucking weird with magic in this movie. They're, they're going, I think, with a Harry Potter angle of magic where certain people's magic is more powerful than other people's magic. But then they take it to like an even weirder degree, if it's possible. So they, they decide to build a wall around the castle and keep the sea out. And Triton's all sad because he can't see his granddaughter. Now... Explain the logic to me, please, as to why you won't let the god of the ocean... I know they say king, but he's a fucking god. At least a minor god, right? Like Right, come see his granddaughter. Like, wouldn't everybody then know, hey, the god of the ocean hangs out here and maybe you shouldn't start shit? I've known people whose, like, grandfathers committed felonies and they were still allowed to go see them at least once. Like... <laughs> You, you can't just do that. You can't just say no. And and they're like, the only way to keep her safe is to block her off from the ocean. There is one crazy lady in the entire ocean. And they're like, I guess, pfft, no ocean. Also, they're like a seafaring country. Yeah, in fact, later in the movie, you know, Melody goes under the wall yeah. to swim away. But, but later, it just seems like she can also go around it. 
because she definitely got that boat out there somehow. Who the fuck? Who the fuck put that boat there? <laughs> that that made me so mad. I'm like, what's the point of the wall if it just if, doesn't if you fucking just matter? Put a fucking boat there. <laughs> if if you build a wall so that your daughter can't go into the ocean and she can get a boat and run away into the ocean, as opposed to the easier way of running away, which is like over land, you <laughs> fucked up. Your wall is bad. By the way, this is like a completely new castle. <laughs> Oh yeah, it looks a nothing lot like, like in the Beauty and the Beast too. This is a brand spanking new castle. Yeah, this this castle looks absolutely bananas. Thankfully, we don't get to see it for too long because then they just cover it with this wall. <laughs> but we can see the inside of the castle now, aren't you? Yeah, excited? which is what what's happening right now? It's going to be Melody's twelfth birthday. At this point, Ariel is like thirty. She doesn't look a day over sixteen. Uh, magic. What are you gonna do? I don't know how mermaids age. <laughs> I don't, if you think about it. Again, her dad is a god. Yeah, but her dad looks old as fuck. Like, he might be buff, but he's How big long has he been old as fuck, though? Ah, uh, that's a good point. This is the Little Mermaid prequel I want, is King Triton as, like, a young man. Come to think of it, I would really like to see Triton, like, fighting Ursula for control of the ocean. Right? And, like, how did that shake out? Was he originally in a contract that he had to break or something? There's stuff there. Yeah. Anyway, there's all this stuff with setting up the birthday party. Fucking Louis still works here, I guess. Oh, you should have fired that guy a long time ago. He went crazy. The man's insane. Sure, he can make a big-ass cake, but he's still cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We get a little line here of Sebastian complaining about being too old to be a, a caretaker. And it's like, it's been 12 years, dude. Get over it. <laughs> this is your job now. That's the problem with a 12-year transition, where they're, like, checking in on everybody. But it's... Because it doesn't start with Melody, it starts with the side characters. I like I can't get into the story, right? Because it's like, oh, 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 I've been doing this for so long. It's like, whatever, you did it yesterday, you'll do it tomorrow. Or Ariel, where she's like, it's just, it felt so weird, the jump cut. And I know that a lot of Disney movies do this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Disney movies must just do it way better. But this aging process feels really weird here. It, it seems like there was a lot of stuff they wanted to set up before she turned 12 that now they decided to set up after she turned 12. Well, you would think that, and like this is a short movie, you would mm -hmm. think that we'd have a montage of her growing up. But we don't. But we don't. It's baffling like that we're supposed to just immediately hone in on this character from the jump just because they're voiced by Tara Strong, I guess. Yeah, that's like her one redeeming quality. <laughs> they, I don't know anything about Melody besides that she likes the ocean. She collects and, like, shells. Literally, like, literally, I've watched the whole movie now and I don't know anything else about her. Her defining character is, I, I want to swim in water. She doesn't want to be a mermaid because at the end of the movie, she isn't a mermaid. Right. She just, like, likes to know the mermaids are there. And you know what? I get it. But that's not very interesting. Also, here's the other thing. Melody has animal friends. She talks to Sebastian and Scuttle. But they keep Atlantica a secret. And they keep, like, mermaids a secret. They keep, like, everything a secret. Which I hate. I would have thought that she wouldn't have animal friends. Like, because that seems like such a big part of 
of, like, everything needs to be a secret, is then not having animals talk to her, right? Yeah. That doesn't well, seem crazy. I don't know. Well, also, like, I refuse to believe for a second that Scuttle, Scuttle could keep anything a secret. Yeah, he probably mentions mermaids all the time. Twelve years, you're telling me that this deranged seagull isn't gonna once accidentally mention that Ariel used to be a mermaid? That's a that's actually a very excellent point. Also, this is like Buddy Hackett's last role, who voiced Scuttle before he passed away, and this he deserved a better final film role than this. Bringing it down a little bit. So, so yeah, <laughs> she collects shells. She finds a shell that Triton threw into the ocean because he was so sad that he couldn't see her again. Why would he do that? Well, whatever what, he lives there. What, what do you gain from just dropping this gift? You were going to give your granddaughter into the water. I don't know, he's sad. He doesn't want it. She was supposed to have it. Then she, like, panics because... She's late for her debut. Right. And do you know what I hate about this? And this is something they do a fucking lot in this movie, where they literally do the last movie, but way worse. But way worse. Like, way worse. We have a scene between Ariel and Melody where I think literally nothing happens. Wait, do we have to do we have to go check in on Morgana first? No, I think we do, but we can check in on her whenever we want. Um, there is one scene in this movie that felt like something to me. Uh-huh. Uh, where where I thought, oh, I I'm feeling emotions, and it's when uh, Ariel and the dog whose name escapes me, that dog who's still alive, that dog is ancient. Um, he should definitely be slowing down now. I mean, he's gotta be... It, let's call... Let's say he was, like, one year old, which is, like, the amount of, uh... Like, that's a full-grown dog. Thirteen. So, yeah, that would make him thirteen. Maybe more like fourteen? Because if Melody's twelve, then, you know, nine months of incubation. And that's... That is if... Ariel got pregnant at 16, at 16, which I don't like thinking about. So, let's, so make, let's, let's say this dog is 16, 17. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's an old fucking dog. That dog is ancient. But Ariel is looking for, for Melody, can't mm-hmm. find her, and she walks out to, to, to this, like, part of the beach where the wall is. Mm-hmm. And and she, like like, looks around, and then she, like, takes off her shoes and, like, just stands in the water for a bit. And... That was the one time in this entire 75 minutes for like two seconds where I was like, oh, this is something. Like, here is a character who spent their whole life in the water and now no longer has access to it. And they're like, they're like reminiscing. And then it, and we just never see that again. Yeah, but the, the thing about that was that I, I was just sitting here like, you didn't need to build the wall. Well, but that's the thing, right, is, is like there, there has to have been a better movie <laughs> with this premise of okay, we gotta build this big fuck-all wall. And this is a massive wall. Like, did it have to be this big? Maybe it did because they couldn't tell people what it was for. And they're like, this is for invasions. (laughs) And not, this is for the squid monster. The one squid monster. Literally the one who spent, I'm gonna jump to this, 12 years just trying to undo one bit of Triton's magic. Oh, that's right. And is literally the least scary thing. You can't spend 12 years in a movie. In this movie, she spends 12 years being a failure. (laughs) That's unacceptable for a villain. I'm sorry. The one interesting thing I think about her is, is, and I can't remember the shark's name, but they have like a- Undertow. It's actually a decent name. It's a good name for a shark. 
they have like a good back and forth. I like the shark. I like that they are kind of they're more antagonistic toward each other than you usually see with a villain and a sidekick. They almost have like a Jafar Yago energy. Well, except that Undertow is not afraid of Morgana, and that's also a problem. If Darth Vader walked into I'm doing a lot of Star Wars references right now, but like if Darth Vader walked into one of the movies and looked at the Emperor's like, fuck you. Like <laughs> old, like what I'm not gonna be scared of that old man. The cool character just told him to fuck off. God, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I'm just imagining the Emperor being, like, surprised at that. It was, like, wrinkly old face going, "Ah." What? You heard me. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be good. You're right. Melody and Ariel have this, like, massive scene where nothing happens. Yeah, it's kind of a huge scene. There's a couple of things I wanted to hit in it. One, Sebastian, like, freaks the fuck out on Melody because she's in the ocean. But he seems to be freaking out, not that she's in the ocean, but that Ariel will find out. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give a point of order about the characterization of Sebastian. And then it reminded me a lot of the frog in Princess and the Frog, where in that first, not Princess and the Frog, damn, um, Swan Princess, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The frog in Swan Princess, where in the first movie he was like... Okay, I understand this character. I get why he, why we need like all the warnings a little more nervous about stuff. And then the second movie, he was like, "Oh, so he's just a sleazeball who's afraid of everything." Sebastian's just kind of afraid, and I don't think Sebastian is supposed to be like a huge warrior. I think he is afraid of death by magic. Like, the thing that, in the first movie, Sebastian was always afraid of was, like, Triton blasting him to bits, or fucking Ursula blasting him to bits. And everything else is like, I kind of got this! Yeah, Sebastian should be angry. He should be angry. We never get angry Sebastian in this movie, which which is a real pity. He f- he feels this is a weird word for this, but I think it'll get it across. He feels like neutered, like he like he has no power anymore. <laughs> he never had any power in any of his relationships, really. But people would listen to him enough to ignore him. He had him, status, and Melody does not even do that. <laughs> well, because why would she? He to her, he's just a crab, he's just a crab that she like knows and likes, but it is not a representative of the king of the ocean or even her mother because she doesn't know that her mom knows no him. sebastian or scuttle i assume it's i bananas. assume it makes no sense the other thing th- that really struck me in this scene is eric is just a sitcom dad now oh eric eric is so absent as a father it was infuriating who was who were we making fun of for being an absent dad recently in a this movie? A, another, this was, there was another Disney sequel where a dad just is not there. Oh, it was, no, it wasn't a Disney movie. It was fucking Swan Princess. Prince Derek. <laughs> fucking Derek. Well, they were the both same, not there, to be fair. You, I, I'm assuming that just anyone named Eric or having the phrase Eric in their name, be it Derek or Eric, just bad dads. All of them. Yeah, he literally does the, like, opens the door, like, like it's me, the dad. Like, studio applause. And Ariel's like, oh, we'll, we'll be, like, done in a minute. He's like, I've heard that before. <laughs> studio audience laughter. Ha! <laughs> Music plays leaves. him off. Eric was such a character in the first movie, despite the fact that he didn't do much. 
he didn't do much, but like I knew about him. I knew what he was thinking, you know. When he did stuff, he fucking did shit, right? Like he jumped into the water and threw a harpoon at a sea witch. Like yeah, that's God, that's like... some that's something. Uh, this doesn't even feel like the same character. So yeah, Melody goes to this ball, and all the kids are like already being mean to her, and not like not like whispering behind her back. Mean like openly, openly making fun of her she's the fucking princess and everyone should be sucking up to her like every single one of these kids could be on the chopping block tomorrow like you <laughs> you cannot make fun of the princess like that she has been raised in this culture and should know how it works and she does seem to know how it works, so it's weird. I did not like the, like, subplot, the useless subplot of her, like, not fitting in. Because there's no reason that she shouldn't fit in. It amounts to nothing. No, it's just, like, another thing to push her to the ocean, but, like, I get it. She wants to swim in the ocean. Yeah, like, it's not exactly a hard goal to... Like, there's no subplot in the original Little Mermaid where Ariel doesn't fit in with her sisters. No! Her sisters probably like her well enough. <laughs> they seem to like her just fine. We don't know them that well, but I think oh, so. <laughs> also, not present in this movie, any of Ariel's sisters. Oh, that actually, part of the reason that infuriated me was because they really quick said, oh, nobody can take the Triton from the stand instead of, except for you and your blood. And I was like, that's still a lot of people. That's like at least nine people. And what have her sisters been doing? Sitting around twiddling their thumbs or have they laid eggs? Oh, you can't say it like that, man. Do you think they give live birth? Because I think that's worse. I don't know. There are animals in the ocean that give live birth. Yes, there are. Well, that's the, are mermaids mammals? Good question. We're not equipped to answer these, but I just, the phrase, have they gone off and laid eggs is so, it's like palpably disgusting to me, but let's just say, yeah, what are they up to? Point is, that's a lot of people. It's a lot. That's a lot. They, and and that's never explored. So the point of this movie is that, like, Melody, like, belongs in the ocean. Or at least partially. No. No, that's the thing, right? Is that she at least deserves to have access to the ocean? There's... Okay, that's the real problem with this movie. The stakes are never high. It's almost like there wouldn't be a problem at all if they didn't insist on keeping everything a secret. Well, that's the thing, right? If, if it was just like, hey, listen, there's a bad old sea witch in the ocean. If she ever tries to kidnap you, you stab her with this with this knife. Yeah. Give that little kid a knife. Why not? Yeah, why, do it. Why, why don't they just have some of those mermaid guards hanging around? Whatever. It doesn't matter. So Melody does the whole at the party thing. She's she gets to do a dance with a cute guy, I guess. She breaks like one of the number one rules, which is you don't look at your feet when you're dancing. Don't do it. She breaks the number two rule. Don't accidentally smuggle a crab into the party. This scene also infuriates me, though, because a crab smashes Melody's cake. And just like Sebastian with this whole crazy setup destroys everything and gets into a fight with Louie again, which I thought was really dumb, but I liked his lines in it, yeah. which were like, Louie, you don't want to do this. I'm all old and gamey. <laughs> <laughs> but what I hate is that in the next scene, Melody's like crying, like, what's wrong with me? And there's something wrong with you. A crab ruined your birthday party. And then 
And also, like, okay, for one thing, uh, 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 if this kid got bit by this crab or clawed by this crab or whatever happened to him, right? That hand's moving a little low. Keep that shit up, boy. <laughs> First of all, like, that kid's in the wrong. Second of all, like, they're making fun of her for caring about the crab. What if it's her pet crab? She's yeah. the princess. Also, I was gonna say, also, she's the fucking princess. Do you know what actually would happen is everybody would get pet crabs now. Yeah. Because they want to suck up to the fucking, fucking princess. princess. She, Ariel might still look like she she's 16, but she's not gonna be young forever. You gotta suck up to the new one. <laughs> also, she's taken by the prince. Of your kingdom! Well, I still meant, like, schmoozing. You know, not just, like, marrying, but, like, also, you know, getting in the good graces with. Yeah, but that's, like, that's where that's the thing, though, right? Is, like, this is, this family has, like, all power given unto them by God over this kingdom. Two gods, really. We're talking about a power couple. Ariel and Melody get into, like, a fight, I guess? Because, because Melody is holding the seashell necklace that she found. And Ariel's being like, oh, listen, everyone has trouble fitting in when they're your age. Me, your dad, me, mostly me. I had a lot of trouble fitting in. No, I'm sorry. She says I was a fish out of water. Oh, that is, uh, that's some writing. And I cannot let that stand. (laughs) That's bad writing. (laughs) You gotta keep fish puns to a minimum. Also, she wasn't a fish out of water. Not for four more years. Well, we don't know, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the Little Mermaid 3 Ariel's beginning. Um, (laughs) Which I'm still convinced that her mom is just still dead at the beginning of that shit. Okay, go on. Not a trace to be found, but whatever. So Melody has the seashell and she's like, wait a minute, this seashell has my name on it? And then she just pops it open and this hologram of Atlantica comes out and she's like, what? It's real? Do you know the problem with the whole this has my name on it thing? Is her name is just like a word. Yeah. Like a commonly used word that, you know what, it's not that big a deal because a magic fucking seashell with that that shows the story she's always known about for some reason. Okay, so follow-up question. Who told her about Atlantica? Well, that's the thing is she mentions that she heard tales about it and that her mom told them they were always fake. Right. So Ariel has not told her about it. Somebody else did, and Ariel had to do cleanup. I mean, like, all of the seamen know about it, right? Well, and maybe the fish, because she talks to fish, too. She also believes that her mother has never been to the ocean, right? Because she yells at her mom in this scene that how would she know she's never even been in the water? Which, that strikes me as very stupid, because people don't build a wall to keep out something they've never seen before. Really. I mean, I mean, right. that was a that was maybe bad phrasing. <laughs> no, I get what you mean, though, right? Is uh, you would assume something bad happened in the ocean. I would have assumed that Ariel like almost drowned or something, you know, or there there had been a hurricane or they could have spread the shipwreck story that I assume everybody still kind of believes because how many right? people know about the mermaid thing? The answer is an unclear amount, but kind of a lot. Too many, but also, who knows? But also not the kids, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Everyone in the castle must tiptoe around this. Like, everyone in the castle must have been like, so for a year we were like really friendly with these merpeople that apparently exist, and now we're not because 
we all need to pretend they don't exist because of a sea witch kidnapping the kids. Well, but that's the thing is, do they know all of that? Or do they just think like, oh, we were super friendly the with The ones on the people. boat know that. There were humans on that boat. Okay, yeah, but like, what about everyone else? I don't know. Is there like a group of people who think that like, like fucking King Nero, that uh, Eric is at war with the sea? I don't know, but that would kind of be rad as fuck. I've enjoyed exploring this. Where are we in the movie? Oh yeah, she leaves. She she runs out of the room past Eric. This is her room. They're in her room. Where is she going, Ariel? Why are you letting her do this? Hey, Eric, buddy, step it the fuck up. Be a dad for two seconds. Eric's got a real hands-off approach when it comes to raising kids. <laughs> That's lady work. So the... Uh, uh, oh, the <laughs> voice of Prince Eric, I actually just found out, is the voice of uh, Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's something, I guess. Eric always struck me more as a Leo. Uh, he also voiced Raphael. Closer, I guess. <laughs> so now Melody does the thing that we talked about, which is some the fuck how ignores a wall. And <laughs> gets a rowboat. Pushes it out to sea. And rows away. We didn't mention this, but it really annoyed me when I was watching it. it. Despite the fact that she apparently has lesser powers than Ursula, Morgana is spying on Melody 24-7. Yes. What Ursula needed to do that was magical eels, or at least eels whose eyes she could see through. Mor Morgana has her own flotsam and jetsam in these two unnamed mana rays. Yes, but they are unnamed and never do or say anything, so... Well, they do- they try to do something for about 20 seconds, and then that stops. They, they get defeated by Sebastian, which is... You know your fucking low-level enemies. <laughs> You're the real sidekicks. Should we- I guess we should check in on Morgana now. Uh, over the course of the movie, like, it cuts back to her, but it, it, she's never doing anything important. She's always just complaining about her mom, about not being as good as Ursula, and... Undertow is complaining about being And a about tiny having truck. a huge fucking picture of Ursula up in her personal lair. And it looks like a fucking headshot. Like Ursula did a year of modeling and Morgana kept the picture from it. Yeah, it's weird. Undertow and Morgana are like, great, she's in the ocean. So Undertow goes to get Melody and bring her back to Morgana by saying she can tell you about Lanaka on the shelf. And here's again, I'm gonna say this, there are no stakes. That's like, it's such a small thing that she wants. She could probably get it from any fish. Yeah. But she needs to go to a sea witch for some reason. So she goes to Morgana's sort of frozen lair. She just hops on over to Antarctica. I guess, it, what is the geography of this fucking scene? It's a, that's a very good question because clearly they move out of the warm waters of wherever the hell Atlantica is. Yeah. Two, what definitely is Antarctica because there are penguins. Penguins. And I kind of like the look of her lair in about a third of the scenes that her lair is in because some of them are just poorly drawn. It's some Fortress of Solitude shit. I can get behind That's that. It's some Fortress of Solitude shit. And if it made sense, that would be great. But like, Melody took a rowboat with no food or water. She still needs water. <laughs> Yeah, and also she's wearing, like, I don't even know what to describe this outfit as, but, like, I guess, like, a cosplay outfit for Aladdin. 
I was gonna say that. So she has these like big poofy ass pants and just a vest with nothing else. It looks terrible. They look like pajamas. But it's her like swimming clothes, which is weird because those are the poofiest pants. You'd think they'd just slow her down. You'd think they would just drown her instantly. Point is, she's not dressed for the weather. She does have a blanket, I guess, but she does it that that's only for like one scene. She has it when she's asleep, but then she wakes up and it's like gone. So they're in Antarctica and Morgana is pushing the bargain on her, sort of. Yeah, but also like, not really. It's not a bad way to get somebody to do something for you the way she goes about it. So it is revealed that Morgana has a little bit of Ursula's magic. And like a giant whiskey bottle? With Ursula's face engraved on it. Which is weird because it's not how Ursula's magic works. Worked. But whatever. We're playing Calvin She Ball. bottled it up and ships him over to her dear old sister. She rubs Melody's feet with it. And then her feet turn into, you know, a mermaid tail. And then she's like, oh, I'm so terrible. I gave you this and now you're hooked, but I can't make it permanent unless somebody retrieves the trident from the guy who stole it from me. This big old jerk who stole it from me. By the way, gonna mention this again, probably the last time, but none of this would be a problem if people had literally said anything to Melody about who her parents slash grandparents were. Well, that, but even, even then, like, Melody's heard stories about Atlantica all her life, but she never knew about King Triton and his trident? Yeah, you know what? I bet sailors tell stories about Triton. We, we I, know they I do know because they the beginning do. of the first movie they do, right? Everybody knows Triton. Also, I just, they mentioned Triton's name when she later goes to steal the Trident. And that made me think she's got to know that's his because his name is Trident. I know it's not quite Trident, but that's what his name but is. But that's what his name is. Anyway, she falls for it. Wait, fall red, hook, line, and sinker. And I want to mention this, because at the same time, Ariel and Eric are like, we gotta find her, and Ariel goes to her dad, and her dad gives her fins again so that she can search for Melody. And there is the perfect metaphor for this movie inside this movie, and it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Ariel and Melody both get transformation sequences at the same time, but Ariel's is so much more interesting because one, Ariel is a character we already care about, and two, just like visually more is happening with her. And three, she has a way better character design. <laughs> Even this like, you know, not as good character design is a way better character design. All that Melody and Melody's story is, is like a worse version of the first movie. And it should not go to the trouble of just straight up showing us that. <laughs> it, it, But it does. It, it, it does so many times it's almost like they knew and they're trying to warn us <laughs> we so i gave you all the clues mr policeman <laughs> i could have saved her <laughs> um like this is our quote-unquote big conflict of the movie which is that melody is trying to steal this trident while at the same time king triton and ariel and everyone in the ocean is looking for her it's too bad they don't know she's in antarctica also, actually, no. Real quick, how the fuck does somebody in a rowboat get a, 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 escape the notice of the king of the ocean? That's a really good question, especially because I bet nobody has gotten in a rowboat from that area for a long time. 
right? Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know. The rules of this wall are vague at best. Let us meet the most nothing characters I have ever seen in a Disney movie. We are introducing some classic of mice and men dynamic into this movie. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. It's not, though, because these two are the same character. These two are not like they're obviously they're trying to be Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, they're trying. Or Woody and Buzz. Woody and Buzz. Sure. Or those birds from um, Fox and the Hound. But what they're not. It's, like, different enough. One of them's big and one of them's small, but they're the same character. They're the exact same character. They're both cowards who want to be heroes. Which, also, by itself, is is not a good enough hook. Because I bet you just about every coward wants to be a hero. And if they don't, it doesn't matter because that's still the arc that every movie has for a coward. Yeah. Is, and then they get to be a hero, which means that you need to give them something more. It, they, they need to have a little bit of character. They're introduced while they're saving a baby penguin from a shark, and it goes terribly because they're cowards, but also they killed the shark, definitely. They definitely killed the shark. And saved the penguin, and then everybody started yelling at them like they didn't just fucking do Kill that. Kill a shark. Like, I mean, yeah, listen, did we fuck up? Yes. Did a shark die? Also, yes. And I feel like if we weigh outcome versus intent, that that outcome is much heavier. Also, they called them more, they, they said more like zeros multiple times. And it made me so angry because you can't just rip off your own IP. You can't. And I know that these guys are the same guys that were working on that fucking show. It's such a bad look. So they meet up with Melody because she needs directions to Atlantica. Something, again, she could get from anyone. Oh, yeah, because she she, cause she was given this, like, useless engraved map. And then she breaks it somehow. And she was riding a whale at the time, and I guess the whale didn't know how to get there somehow. Everybody, everybody needs to know how to get to Atlantica, right? Atlantica needs to be like Rome, right? All roads lead to yes. it. Yes. It's, it's gotta be, like, the only city. It's, it's gotta be the biggest thing down there, and everybody should know about it. Will's migrate, he's definitely at least gone past Atlantica. And that would be a line, right, from a character of, like, a, like a pot of whales, and a whale's like, well, we migrate past there all the time, but we're not into the big city stuff. Or whatever whales do. <laughs> I guess they sing. They don't make foghorn noises. <laughs> they don't make foghorn noises like steamboats. Yes. I think what you're thinking of is foghorns. <laughs> I just, I want, whales are just boats to me, but alive. Woof. I'm a known ocean hater, so I let me rephrase that. I don't hate animals in the ocean. I think the ocean is like a beautiful ecosystem that needs to be preserved and saved and all that good stuff. I just never want to be in it. That's how I feel about the rainforest. Yeah, like who wants to die in the ocean or in the rainforest? It sounds awful. I think there should be way more rainforest. I, I don't want to go there. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. Also, I don't belong there. <laughs> I'm like the like the last person who belongs in a rainforest as a person who grew up in the southwest desert. Man, my notes are so barren here because it's so lame. There's a terrible song or whatever. There are two terrible songs, I think. E- no, I think it's just one really long. No, there are two terrible songs because the the, the the penguin and the walrus sing a song about themselves that they just have in their back pocket. Hey, they should not have gotten a song. No. 
These are not characters who deserve a song. I think they're trying again. I think they're trying to do Hakuna Matata. But most of the time, sidekick characters don't get a song. Also, Hakuna Matata isn't about how awesome Timon and Pumbaa are. It's about. It's not. It's song two, Simba, really. They're trying to sell him on their way of life. But it's really about Simba. Because he gets the reprise. He gets the ending of the song. Also, these characters are introduced way too late. And we don't spend nearly enough time on them to, like, sell me on them. No. So, like, they're supposed to be, like, friends now. And it's like, whatever, how long have you known each other? An hour? Two hours? Eight days. I don't know uh, no. the amount of time it takes to years? get to Atlantica. <laughs> it's been 12 years. Could you imagine if just halfway into this movie, it's like, she's run away. Find her! And then smash cut to 12, 12 years, later. years later. Again? We still haven't found her. Ah, oh, man. It wouldn't be good, but it'd be a movie, goddammit. Yeah, so long story short, she steals the trident. Oh, uh, uh, no, uh, the second song... Oh, oh, wait, wait, I'm jumping ahead anyway, sorry. Yeah, so there's a second song between where that she sings, uh, I don't remember what it's about, but Ariel's singing it too, like they're both singing. Yes, that was, that was a little earlier when they're, when they both get their transformation, see, she's singing about how, like, great being a fish is. Yeah. And Ariel is kind of also singing about that, but how she wants to share it with her daughter who she fucked up with so bad. Also, she's like hanging out in her teen closet that her dad kept, I guess. Which I is fucking... mortifying, by the way. Like, all parents of teenagers, as soon as they move out, get rid of that shit. There's no reason to go there. <laughs> no! She just is like, ah, oh, let, let, me, let me think about that one time. My Good dad check out got my old haunts. I mean, there. See, if the movie wanted to, there could be a reason, right? If she's, if if it was like, oh, I'm at the place where my dad got super mad at me, and like, and I remember how she felt. I remember how I felt in that moment, and maybe that's how she feels right now, right? But the movie doesn't give a shit about that. The movie's just like, hey, remember this? Damn, man, I just had a flashback. Have we had? Maybe it was a different movie where almost the same thing happened. Well, I feel like it's the it's the story with all of these fucking like direct to video Disney sequels. Yeah. Is that there could be something there, but instead it's not. just an empty reference to the movie you'd rather be watching. Also what happens is somebody else has become a sitcom dad. <laughs> King Triton? Nope. It's Flounder. Oh, Flounder! Oh, I forgot about I forgot about this. I want to do a quick tally here, by the way. Okay, so we have, in order of appearance, Flounder, Sebastian, Undertow, the Walrus and the Penguin, Tip and Dash. That's Scuttle. a lot. Scuttle. That's six talking animals in one movie. That's too many goddamn talking animals in one movie. I mean, the biggest problem was that they felt the need to add so many more talking animals and not get rid of any of the old ones like they did get rid of flounder but then they just bring him back and he has aged terribly he he has a visible gut he's massive he has a comb over <laughs> which is just not and, fair and he sounds he's like he's <laughs> and he sounds like he's been smoking for 12 years he has like six kids, and even though they go with him, this is the only scene they're in. <laughs> they vanish. They fucking disappear. Like they're in this movie long enough to sell some McDonald's toys, and that's it. 
Also, all of his kids have like different colored, like different colors, implying like there's a mom out there, like a pink flounder. Why don't we get to meet this person? Why don't we get, yeah, right? Flounder's wife or lover or whatever. I don't know, Fish Mary. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, Finding Nemo's anything to go by. Okay, well, but the one thing they got wrong in Finding Nemo was the whole clownfish thing, so... Okay, well, then there you go. (laughs) Then there's nothing to go by. He looks like... He looks... Who does he look like? He looks like fucking according to Jim. He does. (laughs) He does. But his character is more like the guy who was the best friend on According to Jim. Yeah. He's clearly a side character. Oh, yeah, he's Alan from Home Improvement, right? Just Al. Al, right. I've made this mistake before. I think you have. (laughs) I don't know why I think his name is Alan. So Melody gets to Atlantica. And she, like, runs into this merman. And she's, like, immediately so fucking into him. And this guy looks... This guy looks like the most, like, basic Backstreet Boys fucking generic okay yes yes he does but also he looks just like that dude she was dancing with oh that's right it does just look like him and that guy never comes back is it the same person is he a secret merman is he a a secret merman hey guess what that's a fucking story secret merman i mean it's not really because it's still it's more story but it's more story than this than whatever this is. I do want to point out this group is also his two incredibly diverse mer friends. Good on Disney, I guess, for having. I guess for characters who like maybe have one li- one <laughs> word they, each. They both just say, "Hey, who's this? She should hang out with us." <laughs> oh man, it's great. She steals the trident. Mm-hmm. No, but wait, because mm-hmm. King Triton is sitting in this room that is, I guess, preparing for some kind of concert or whatever and he's just sitting there staring like fucking wolverine in that one meme staring at this engraved photo of melody as a baby that he just has and then he looks around as if he's just realized that all of these people are putting together a party he starts yelling at everyone like what are all of you doing putting a party together go look for my granddaughter it's like that's not their job dude look man Sometimes the king of the sea just has to yell at somebody. That's true. But that's what that's what Sebastian's for, right? But he's not there anymore. I wonder what that's been like for 12 fucking years. Oh man, just not have a best friend or the closest thing a king can have to a best friend, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I feel like and no one no we we know this. I don't, I think you're going to cut most of it out. There's been a lot a long a lot of long stretches of silence. Where we're just kind of realizing that we watched this movie. Oh, it's, it's so bad. So she steals the fucking trident. From an unguarded and room. Unguarded. But here's the thing that makes me furious. Is she drops her shell. Her necklace. Her necklace. And so everybody knows who it was. And Triton says something that drove me up the fucking wall. He says, double the search parties. I was like, double the search party? Lock the city down! She was just here! She is probably within shouting distance! Just be like, Melody, stop! And she might stop! I'm your granddad! Just like, come the fuck on! Use some basic problem-solving skills, you dumb fish! (laughs) I'm not a big fan of seafood, but I I no longer feel guilty about it. (laughs) 
The Penguin has one really good line here. I think his only good line in the movie, which is Melody, when she's about to steal the trident, notes that King Triton just looks really sad. And she goes over to steal it and kind of has like a little moment of like, should I do this? And then this Penguin who understands kind of like the situation they're in now, which is we're about to commit high larceny against this royal. (laughs) Like, swims up next to her and is like, oh, yeah, sure, that's it. Take your time. Kick back. Relax. Let's all just linger here and die. And it's a good line. It's a good read. And I'm like, that would be good in a different movie. I could see Sebastian delivering a line like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Exactly. So they get out of Atlantica. And make it back to Antarctica. Somehow, yes. Tip and Dash are immediately scared off by Undertow. Oh, before this. As she's leaving Atlantica... She's being followed by the two manta rays, and Ariel sees them and is like, hmm, they look suspicious, and follows them. And follows them, and just see she and Flounder follow them, she doesn't send a search party after them or something. Doesn't she send Sebastian off to do something? No, Sebastian is with Triton, I Was think. Was it Scuttle then? That's not till later. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, it's her and Flounder, I guess. Uh, okay, so here's here's the long short of it, is everyone in this movie exclusively makes bad decisions. Yeah. That's the real problem. So, like, people say stuff like, oh, I don't like Melody as a character. Or, like, Melody is it's just, like, off-brand Ariel. And that's kind of true. That is but, true. But the problem is not Melody, it's the movie. Because I don't like any of these characters in this movie. Everyone constantly... Uh, and like like you said, there's a perfect metaphor for this, I think, coming up soon. Everyone mm. constantly is presented with two choices. The choice that makes sense and you should do, and the worst possible choice ever. Right. And they always take the second one. Yes, the worst possible choice ever. You know what? Let's just get into this. Because they end up in front of Morgana. Ariel does send Scuttle to get reinforcements. To get everyone. Yes, and she and Flounder go in after Melody. Ariel shows up with, like, fucking fins, and Melody's like, holy shit, what? And she's like, oh, I, I was trying to protect you, I, I wanted to tell you, and shit like this, and Morgana's like... She lied to you. Yeah, she lied to you, I guess your mom's kind of a bitch, huh? Anyway, give me the trident. <laughs> and then she does? <laughs> and, and it's, it's like, you gotta, you gotta step back a little bit here, Melody. I get that you're 12. You're about to hit that age where you're going to be the dumbest you'll ever be in your life. But you're not like, it's your mom. You have you. How can you not trust your mom? Okay, so there is a level of betrayal here that I do understand. But there is a further level of like, I don't know everything my mom's ever done. And if one day I was under the sea and I met her as a fucking mermaid, this would not be the time to make rash decisions. Well, but that's the thing, right? Is is like, and this like is conversation time. I also like, like, listen. There are there are people out there who have shitty parents. That's not what I'm talking about here. But like, everyone needs to understand, even if you have amazing parents, that uh, they're like, however old your parents were when they had you, they were a person up until that point, and you don't mm. know that person, and you'll never know that person, and that's a weird thing to think about. Melody, for for most of her life, assumed that her mom was a good mom. Why is this the thing that changes that? Why is this right now? Yeah. The only explanation I can give is, I bet the reason they made Melody 12 is so that it makes sense that she would make so many dumb choices. But on the other hand, I've known a lot of smart 12-year-olds. 
Well, but that's the thing, right? Like, listen, when I when I turned 13 and I was allowed to watch a PG-13 movie for the first time in my life. Okay, well. And I realized after watching one that there's nothing. It, it's, it's arbitrary, right? Like, there are a lot of PG-13 movies that are just fucking nothing. They're, 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 they're very boring and there's nothing to be excited about other than, I guess, if you're not a teenager, you're not ready for somebody saying the word fuck once. And when I asked my parents why I wasn't allowed to watch these movies, they were like, oh, just we just arbitrarily decided this. I didn't fucking run away <laughs> into the ocean <laughs> and betray them. Like, that's the level of betrayal that we're dealing with. There was a point where I was like, Santa's not real. And did I run away? No. And did I, and did I give up my parents to, to fucking a sea witch? No. Because parents gotta lie to you sometimes. Yeah, shit happens. It's such a small... The fights that Ariel had with her dad were so much bigger than this. Her dad, like, broke all of her stuff that she stole. That's true. Looted. Morgana gets the trident, and she's like, Ha 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 ha, I'm going to spell out for you exactly why this was a bad idea. (laughs) And she, like, spends some time telling Melody she made the wrong decision. I kind of do like that, though. I'm going to list all the ways in which you are being incredibly stupid right now. It, like, it felt a little over the top to me, but and whatever. Are you saying this is a bad movie? <laughs> yeah, weird. She throws Melody into a pit and freezes it over and is like, soon your fins will go away and you'll just fucking drown. Drown. And then she drags Ariel with her to go have, like, a really dumb square-off scene. But here's the thing that I literally forgot. I was like, man, I don't know how she's gonna get out of this. So let me tell you what I forgot just completely and utterly. You ready for this? Yeah. The existence of Tip and Dash. <laughs> right? Because they just... The moment they went off screen, they were gone to They me. were dead to my mind. When we cut back to them, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, they're still in this movie. Dead does not cover it. If you had told me there was a penguin and walrus in this movie for that six minutes, I might not have believed you. Because <laughs> they well, were literally the furthest thing from my mind. The the thing is, is if you had told me there were penguins in this movie, I'd go, yeah, yeah, there, there's the scene with the penguin family. <laughs> and I still wouldn't remember the walrus and the penguin duo. Morgana, in grand tradition of sequels, has a really bad, dumb, squaring off scene. Because she has these godlike powers now, but she's sure not doing a lot with them. She makes, like, a giant elevated platform out of ice for her to stand on. She sinks Eric's ship, but all of Eric and all of the crew survive. Well, see, that was not unimpressive, except she does it by, like, cutting a hole in some ice and letting the ice fall. Yeah. She doesn't do it by, like, spiking it from underground, underwater or something. She she doesn't turn giant. Here's what she does. Instead of doing when Ursula gets the trident, she does Jafar's first wish. Yeah. Like, she literally starts making people bow to her. The problem with that is, like, that was his first wish, right? And he was going to make the other wishes that made him stronger. And really, they should have gone full Ursula, and they just never do. Well, they never get to, right? Because I guess the Trident only has power over people with fins? (sighs) Okay, so I don't hate that precisely, except 
I also do. Because it... <laughs> okay, so Melody gets out because they smash the shark, who has been turned big again, into her prison. She is... And, and Tip and Dash drag her out. Meanwhile, Sebastian takes care of the 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 rays, but but uh, Morgana has every like mer person bowing to her and stuff, so they can't do anything. Yeah, I am okay with the explanation that the only people who can be like physically controlled are fish people, because like that puts a limit on the Trident's power that I kind of buy. Yeah, because King Triton is king of the ocean, and that's it. I'm even okay with, like, oh, she's discounting Melody, because why wouldn't she? But my real issue is that that shouldn't matter, because she could just turn giant and start wrecking shit. There are also still a lot of humans around, and it seems like any of them could have done what Melody now does. Because they are not being bodily controlled like all the mer people are. Oh, I also wanted to mention, so the shark, after he gets big again... Yeah, 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 Undertow. He shrinks a lot, but not in a magic way. In, like, a, a we-couldn't-decide-how-big-the-shark-was-supposed-to-be way. The, they obviously wanted the shark to be big. But is he, like, Orca big, or Jaws big, or... Yeah, like, it, it, the movie never really quite settles in on it, so they just make him however big he needs to be to be the scariest thing on screen at that moment in time. Yeah, well, except when Dash decides to attack him, and then suddenly he's, like, way smaller. Yeah, well. Yeah, so Melody climbs the ice tower to get to Morgana, and steals the trident, and throws it to Triton, and it really put a point in why Melody is a bad character. And it's that she has only made bad decisions this whole time. Mm-hmm. And even now, what she is doing is, like, letting somebody else save her. And, like, okay, she's 12. And there are lots of adults here. So maybe somebody else should be saving her. But it really doesn't feel earned. No, right? Because all... At the end of the day, Melody just fixes what she caused. She gives the trident back. And then her one wish is, hey, now that the the sea witch is dead, we don't need this big-ass wall. Yeah, that's, again, so low stakes. It's nothing. The end of this movie is functionally where it started. And that's bad writing. They get rid of the wall. Everyone dances in the water. She bumps into the mermaid dude and is like, hey. And he's like, hey. And she's like, hey. And that's it. It's the end of the movie. The kids that were making fun of her are all swimming now. And it's like, what the fuck ever? I don't care. Yeah, who gives a shit? Eric and Ariel get to kiss at one point. I don't know. For some reason, I was like, that's the only bit here that felt earned. Yeah, well, it's a bit, maybe it's because, like, at the end, these two, you know what? These two deserve every kiss that they do. <laughs> they had to fight for that shit. In a much more interesting fight than the one we just saw. This might be one of the worst movies we've seen on here, on yeah. this podcast, because it's so not notable. It does all my, like, least favorite things from, like, The Lion King and Cinderella 2, which is, like, just repeating the dumb shit. <laughs> just repeating shit, but worse. Both in terms of, like, structure and also just visually it looks bad and the voice acting isn't quite there. Despite the fact that they... So they got a bunch of competent voice actors. They got almost everyone from the original movie back. Mm -hmm. Except for Prince Eric, I assume, because he was 
too busy. I don't even know what was coming out in 2000 that he would have been a part of, but I, I guess he was too busy. Being some kind of spidered man. Or or maybe just he was like singing. I don't sing. He, he sings like two lines. <laughs> maybe that was too much. It's it's kind of just a boring nothing movie. And I, I agree with you. I do think it's the worst one because of that. Because it's just boring. Because nothing. it's nothing. Because there wasn't ever a point where we're like, holy shit, this thing is great. We're like, I'm thinking of um, the Peter Pan sequel. Yeah. Where we were like, why is Captain Hook so awesome? And like, I don't really care for this character, but her character arc is really interesting, you know? It had it was a movie that had teeth. Uh, and this movie just has no teeth. It had nothing to say about the story it was retelling. <laughs> Sorry. I was just looking through our feed and I remembered that Kronk's new groove exists. Oh This is the second worst movie we've yes. seen for this podcast. I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it at tied for second actually with Wolf Quest. Okay. But Wolf Quest was weird. Wolf Quest was bananas. <laughs> and that's something. That's why I didn't pick Brother Bear 2, because Brother Bear 2 was dumb and weird in a way that this movie doesn't even get to be weird it's just like all the same jokes again basically okay are we yes thank you for listening no 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 oh dang it i i I need to get off on a little tangent here because as i was doing research for this movie because i was trying to find something anything right so i was just going through the voice (laughs) actors because i anything about this movie right but i couldn't find i and spoilers i couldn't find anything about the production or whatever Mm because you can't with these you can't but I want to I want to say something about Stephen First, who is the voice actor who played Dash the Walrus. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie in 1993 called Magic Kid, which has the wildest Wikipedia I have ever read. And I'm going to read it to you now, Tony. Magic Kid, known in some countries as Little Ninja Dragon, is a 1993. Whoa, hey. <laughs> 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 okay. Plot. The film is about Kevin Ryan, an 11-year-old karate champion from Kalamazoo, Michigan, who spends mm-hmm. his summer with his uncle, Bob Ryan, and his girlfriend, Anita, in California. His older sister, Megan, is coming with him. Bob owns a management bureau for clown acts. He has money problems <laughs> and owes $10,000 to a mafioso named Tony. Because of all his problems, he starts and ends his day with a bottle of Jack Daniels, even in his, <laughs> even in his morning coffee. Tony wants his money back and sends his nephew and two collectors to Bob. Bob is still in bed when the mafia arrive, but Kevin sees the three thugs entering the house to take $15,000 off Uncle Bob. Tony's very pissed about it, so Bob takes his niece and nephew out of the house. Kevin offers to help his uncle against the bad guys. Megan gets in trouble when she goes to a club to meet her hero, Tommy Hart. The bad guys recognize her and want to kidnap her, but Bob and Kevin, who are looking for Megan, arrive just in time. Kevin takes out the thugs, but then comes the animal, a big, very large, through guy. Then comes Don the Dragon Wilson to save the day. So Stephen first played Bob Ryan in this movie. Hey Tony, did you know that in 1994 a sequel was made? Called Magic Kid 2. Magic Kid 2 is a 1994 film sequel of Magic Kid directed by Stephen First. 
<laughs> so he went from starring to directing. Kevin Ryan is a film star named Ninja Boy. David Wadsworth is a film producer who expects big money from his new film starring Ninja Boy. Meanwhile, Kevin has to study to pass on the 10th grade, but he won't succeed if he keeps on starring in movies. Kevin's agent is his uncle, Bob Ryan, who plays poker all day with his friends. Kevin is homeschooled by his tutor, Suzanne, who wants Kevin to finish school. When Kevin visits Suzanne's home, he asks her daughter Maggie on a date. Maggie agrees, and soon Kevin falls in love with her. Meanwhile, Uncle Bob, who is concerned about the millions of dollars he will owe if Kevin breaks his movie contract, supports Kevin choosing the film. Kevin then runs away from home. David gives Uncle Bob 24 hours to find Kevin. Uncle Bob doesn't find him, and David sends Luthor after him. After a motorcycle chase, Bob gets arrested. Luther bails him out and takes him back to his house. Then Uncle Bob finds Kevin's school book and goes to Suzanne. When Kevin returns from a date with Maggie, he hears that Uncle Bob and Suzanne had a long talk and both decided that Kevin must go to school first. That brings Uncle Bob in conflict with David, who makes plan to kill the Ninja Boy character. The Ninja Boy character. I have no idea what the fuck this is. Somebody made these Wikipedia articles. I assume it was the same person because of the prose. Godspeed, because these one of these was edited last year. Sounds like they're pretty hot still. I I don't understand. But Stephen first, apparently. That was the craziest thing I found in this movie. That might need to be an end plate. <laughs> the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, just like... Just like there's gonna be like a five minute end plate of you just reading these Wikipedia articles. Oh, uh, I just I oh needed boy. to share them because I read them both and I was like, this is insanity that these movies even exist. Yeah, that's cuckoo bananas. Uh, and that all happened before he did this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Direct a Video. PHS. <clears throat> I <laughs> have been your host. And very tired crab, Tony Robusto. Uh, I have been your host, uh, Andy Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at TheaterBets or at my website, inspiredbytruevents.org. Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter at royalty underscore balance. And you can find the podcast and more podcast stuff at direct2.video. Also, if you can rate us five stars on whatever podcatcher you're using that'd be great and thank you to lee rosevere for planet e off the album trappist one and next time we will be watching the little mermaid ariel's beginning and we will be taking bets on whether or not ariel's mom is dead in the beginning of the movie i, I have to believe it is i'm convinced but i um, i'm willing to be wrong i am the ghost of john smith and this is the spot where i died Is there anything else? How did you... Actually, there is something else. How did you feel about the cover of Part of Your World that's at the end of this movie for no explicable reason? Oh, Andy, I did not stay through the credits. Oh, you should... I didn't realize that that happened. Okay, cool. It's not great. I didn't like it. It's miss... Mm. It... it. Uh, Taken out of context, it turns out that the impact and emotion of that song doesn't really carry through. Woof. Could you imagine?
The cover, it's a, it's a decent cover. It's Jodie Benson. She's doing amazing. It's just, why is it at the end of this movie? I can probably guess why. And it's probably so that there was a single that went with this movie that they knew that people would like if they put it on the radio. You know, sort of like how at the end of Mulan, there is an sync song. <laughs> yes. That doesn't have anything to do with Mulan. <laughs> it's just there. 